You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's, um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. Hey friends, Kevin Garcia here, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite Ants. This episode is one that we recorded a couple months ago. It's actually part two of our conversation about mental health. And in this episode, we answer a lot of questions from people in the audience. So if you ever want to send us a question, you can send your questions to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com or send me or Sarah a message on a DM on what's that thing called social media, on Twitter, Instagram. And by the way, if you missed it on Sunday, you can still go back and watch the Irreverent Media live show, which is the podcast collective that me and Sarah and so many other wonderful people are a part of. Please go follow us at irreverent underscore FM across social media. Get on our mailing list. And if you have a podcast out there, if you're an editor, if if you're a social media person, if you're interested in being involved with a network of post-evangelical and um, deconstructing people and great dope ass community like seriously come hang out with us um that's it for me i think so um so yeah go ahead and get yourself something to drink and enjoy this new episode of your favorite ants with me kevin g and your girl sarah heath see you soon in my head a lot because she's an eight on the Enneagram too. She goes, be honest, it's Kevin and my voice. And I was like, mm-hmm. And she goes, sometimes it's Kevin when you're being naughty. <laughs> when you're being naughty. It's because I mean like when you're being naughty, it's just like, huh, how does that feel? And I just, I just, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. or like, oh, hmm, that's data. <laughs> Listen. That's the thing. People think I'm being shady when I say that, but it's like the least judgmental statement I can conjure up. And also, it's the truth. It's like, yeah, it's data to respond to. It's you're it's not bad. Right. Yeah, it's not bad. You're not bad for doing anything. I mean, if you murder somebody or like disenfranchise the poor or like suppress the vote or like voted Republican, <laughs> yeah, you did something bad. But okay. you as a person are not bad. You you did something very bad and you need to repent of your sins. But um, all are welcome to repent of their sins in this house. In this house. You know? Um, also, I'm sorry about the noise behind me. My dog is sneezing. Oh, I don't. I don't hear a thing. Plus, dog okay. sneezes are kind of cute. You know? Oh, he does it. Well, mine does it for attention. So the vet told me when I adopted him, they said, hey, just so you know, you're, there's nothing wrong with your dog. He just had kennel cough when he was first brought into the shelter and he learned that if he sneezed he got the attention of the caregivers mm-hmm. so now when my dog doesn't feel like he's getting attention he sneezes oh my gosh that is like some freudian shit right there yeah my dog is like 100 percent neurotic wow <laughs> we need to lord i just want to pray healing over little over, tenor over little tenor poops well i just want to and his poops anyways uh <laughs> So this episode, we're going to do mental health part two because we had a yes. zillion questions. So yeah, we didn't want to come in. Yeah, same here. Like even after we recorded last week, they kept coming. Yeah. So we figured this would be a great opportunity to do that. But prior to that, Sarah, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. Um, this will come out after this has been made public. But on Sunday, my community will find out that I am taking some time away from being a lead pastor. And uh, not because anything Mm. shady happened, just because I'm really feeling this sense of like, I need to step into some other invitations that I feel like are out there. And I can't do that while having a job that takes not just full time, but all the time. 
So yeah, because let's be honest, pastor is not a 40 hour a week job. It is nope. a lifestyle. Mm, correct. So, it's an alternative lifestyle. It, is an, it has been an alternative lifestyle. So I, um, I, you know, as you know, but our listeners don't know, um, mm. I had like a absolute reaction that was surprising to me, which was grief. Um, I think I knew I would feel a little sad, but we're talking like grief to the point of like, oh, it feels like I'm something I love is dying and uh, or changing or whatever it might be. And someone pointed out to me, it is it is a death. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's bad, but um, I have. So I've had a lot. I did a lot of crying. I listened to um, some really great sad music and rode my bike in the dark around Balboa Island while my friend did her running like a little the hipster child that I am. And I love uh, her so much. I know. I well, you FaceTime me and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? Um I'm like, first of all, why did you pick up a FaceTime while you was on a bike ride in the dark? That's what I wanted to know. That's not practical. I know, but it was you and I was sad and I just wanted to see your Sarah, face. I'm gonna tell you something. What if I'm if I'm riding a bike, I am not picking up your call. I'm not picking up nobody's call. You know why? Because I'm not very skilled at things like riding a bike uh well let me tell you it it was absolutely a good way and by the way you can hear rain because it's been raining for two days the rain fall down. Fall on down. You are so, girl lyrics we're gonna how first of all how am i so good at lyrics that's what how I am i so bad i'm horrible at them i make up my own anyway point being i've had a lot of grieving and I think this is one of the healthiest times I've ever dealt with something where I've just sort of said, I'm not doing well. And because of that, I'm doing well. Does that make sense? Just to be honest. Yes. It's the first time. Yeah. You, like, that is the beginning of it. It's just like, I have to acknowledge that everything is shitty yes. before I can uh, move past it. I can't shovel the shit if I don't see it, you know, and I can't see Correct. it if I don't turn towards it and, and, and name it as such. I've got some fun things coming up. I'm going to be traveling next week, which is weird. Um, I'm actually going to be going uh, back to Bend, where my trailer is, uh, to get some work started on that, my Airstream trailer. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm feeling like, and I'll be working remotely while I'm there, mm -hmm. but I just feel, I feel like, okay, it's okay to pause. Yes. And to think and feel and then to go. All right. Um, and I don't think I've ever really let myself do that before. I'm going to go skiing next week, which if you know me, I was born uh, with wear skis on. So I love it. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. How about you? How the hell are you, Kevin? Um, mostly okay. Um, I mean, I will say this. I I say reached... <laughs> I, will, I will say this, but I'm say not going to say that. Go. Um, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. I would. I'm sorry. Anything for love. You're just waiting to see what I'll say. The wrong I, lyrics. <laughs> no, at this point, it's a game for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that. Those are the lyrics, right? Those are the lyrics. <gasps> Everyone, Sarah, 10 points for you. Woo! Um, I'm doing mostly, today I'm doing fine. The, the mood today is even keel and optimistic. I have been very sad recently. Um, COVID has been running through my family um, in Tennessee. My grandfather's very ill. He got on oxygen today, though, at okay. home. Great. So, like, they're doing all the at, 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 mm, they're doing all the care for him at home, which um, you know, is better than probably what he would get in an ER room where the nurses actually don't have time to pay attention to anyone, and he is old as fuck. So he needs a lot of attention. Old as fuck. Oh, wait. yeah. Listen, he uh, he helped get cable off the ground. Like he helped get like 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 telephone wires. He put that shit up. Like when it well, like when they didn't have tennis. Like he didn't have electricity in his house growing up. Nor running water. That was him. Tennessee Appalachian poor ass shit. Uh so he. We were joking, not joking. We were dealing with things as we were talking through this week and. You were saying like he's probably just going to stay alive out of spite, and I and I think about a lot of the salty old Southern men I know. That's exactly just, it. It's like you are alive because you are you are you are here. This is just like I was like I am here to punish my children for all the shit they put me through. <laughs> I'm gonna stick around and be a pain in their ass. Like, like Papa has eye no opens. 
Oh, exactly. Except for neither of his eyes actually work. He got so many cataracts. He's it's bad. He's in bad shape. But like he's so sweet still, and I love talking to him when I can. Um, because like he'll have to turn his like eyes like in a certain kind of way so it can actually see me on the on the screen. I'm like, oh, what's up, Papa? Um, Papa. Anyway. So yeah, you know, a little bit of anticipatory grief about my, about what might happen. I have also talked so much in the past 48 hours. I did yesterday I had like six calls plus a two-hour workshop. Today I had four calls plus this recording. And then I have to go make mashed potatoes. <laughs> okay, I just okay, but how is my making mashed potatoes talking? It's not. It's just another task I have to do today. Why do you have to make mashed potatoes also? Because um, my little pod collective, we're getting together to have ribs. Like, we like, that's you what we do. We make dinner for one cute. another. It's the best. I fucking love my people. They got me through this year. It's like, I've only really hung out with like the same six people all year long. And now yeah. two of them are li- moving to LA in the middle of a, a Panda Express. <laughs> I'm still so, wait. Is that what we're calling the pandemic? We're calling it Panda Express. I call it pandemonium. I call it Panda Express. I call it um Pantasm, Night on Pantasm Mountain. Um, I call it um Pan Asian Cuisine. I call Perfect. it um <laughs> you know, just pan anything. The pansexual is out you, there. You know, I told you this week my my pansexual story which sounds a lot spicier than it is (laughs) i was in a group of people uh like a group of folks and uh that are taking a class with mike mccarg who's a a dear friend of mine and yours and Mm -hmm. um someone was talking about uh like words and pansexual and i admitted that until like a couple of years ago i really thought pansexual was a man that was attracted to younger boys like peter pan like little Twinkie Pan, Peter Pans out there, which I think is a fair guess, to be Thank honest. You. Like, I don't think there's anything shameful about that. Like, at least you didn't joke that, like, someone was attracted to Pans, which, like... <laughs> I didn't even think about... My head went to Peter Pan, not even, like, Pans in the Kitchen. Now, that you know who, tells you about my domestic ability. <laughs> well, you know uh, who actually did think that it meant that you were attracted to Pans? It was Matthias Roberts. <laughs> Who happens to be a therapist who deals with uh, sexuality and gender. No, this is way, way, way back in the day before he had his degrees or anything like that. So Matthias just – and he also wrote about that, like, in one an article yes. somewhere. So, like, that's not news. That we're not like, outing him for naughty behavior. Yeah. Uh, we're not, out, We're not. you know, telling everybody that he is, uh, I don't know, panphobic. You heard it here, folks. Okay. You heard it here first. Matthias Roberts is panphobic motherfucker. do a check-in. Can, can you help me understand? So um, people who are bisexual are people who are attracted to either male or female or attracted to both male and female, right? But mm-hmm. pansexual also transgender and it's based on the person, right? Yes. Well, here's the the deal. This is where like depending on who you talk to, it's a little bit of a complicated thing. Also can because, I get a chart, but keep going. <laughs> no, seriously, there are actually charts yeah. out there because I, I would one. say that a lot of like bisexual as defined by, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but if you Google it, it'll say uh, bisexual is being attracted, being attracted to genders like one's own and genders not like one's own. So, but also someone will say like, well, that is also sounds like pansexual. And I'm like, and someone would say yes. And someone says, well, that also like, what does, so like pansexual and bi plus, you know, that's where I kind of like, some people would say I'm hetero flexible. Or what's um, hetero flexible? Where like you're gay most of the time, but like sometimes you make out with dudes. I mean, like you're straight most of the time, but then you make out with somebody from the same sex, but you might not have sex with dudes. I would thought that was called getting gasted. Gasted? That's what my friend used to say when like he would do it say, like getting wasted on doing gay stuff? No, I had a friend who whenever he drank a lot would hit on his friends. Oh, that is being gasted. No, I'm talking about like even like maybe even outside of like being drunk, you would enjoy like right. making out with somebody of a similar gender to your own or of a queer orientation of some kind. Um, cause was, I'm, so go ahead. It was just a great conversation because, um, there's demisexual I've never heard of. Um, oh, yeah, baby. there was, I mean, which demisexual is attracted to. Oh shoot. Only attracted to people, only sexually attracted to people that you have a deep connection with. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was de- new for me. Yep. And then there's people who are um, asexual but are still romantic and want romantic love and romantic connection without the sex. Oh, so is that still considered asexual? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And th- I mean, because that's the thing about, so like also like, you know, I love the word queer personally because it's just a big wide open, like I'm attracted to <laughs> humans. <laughs> I mean, like if you identify as human, I'm probably attracted to you. That's that's me. Um. Uh, and someone say, well, isn't that also bisexual? I'm like, well, I guess sort of, yeah. Wasn't well, that also pansexual? And I'm like, mm, sure, kind of. Um, but really kind of for me, like it just, and I think that anyone will tell you, it's just like whatever term feels most good to the person, use right. that term. Like I'm going to say I'm queer. I wouldn't necessarily identify as bisexual because uh, to be attracted to genders like one's own and not like one's own implies a belief in gender, which I do not. Oh, okay. See, this is like... This is why um, you're well, there's many reasons why you're so good in my life. But another one of the reasons that you're so good in my life is that these are you. you, make, you is it because I make you feel like a natural woman? You make me feel um, because you allow me to ask these questions. And I think we all yeah. have, to have these relationships and friendships and um, allow me to look mm-hmm. a little silly and allow me. But, you oh. know, your job is not to educate me. Um, no, but also like this is so. <laughs> this is funny. I people always say like it's not everybody's job to educate. My job actually is to educate. I get paid to do true. this, so like I like doing it. So, but not in our front. I mean, you're you do it because it, you. I don't pay you to educate me. So oh in no, some ways, you but pay me our... in love and affections and kindnesses. Oh, it's which true. is not how anybody else can pay. You must pay me in cash. <laughs> everybody else, you know. I don't accept hugs, but yeah. I also do it. Separately. I mean, I do accept hugs, but I also accept Amex. <laughs> so, you know, Stripe payments, PayPal, Venmo, mm. Cash App, whatever you got, baby. I'm glad you said that. I need to pay my therapist, Venmo. You know, listen, get it done. Get pay. Listen, pay your mental health professionals out there. Speaking so, yeah, of. <laughs> all that to say is I'm having... Um, I'm mostly doing well. I have felt really good about this week, uh, despite the grief. I feel like um, it sounds weird. I'm good at grieving. Hmm. And um, I also had a really successful uh, workshop last night. I felt so connected to the group I was leading. Now, granted, it was so much information. I did not realize how much time it was going to take. But like, so now we're just opening up into like more, like I'm just seeing like there's so much interest in this that it is worth it for me to continue to like do these kinds of workshops. So all that to say, that. if you're interested in tarot and like communing with the devil and shit, come on over, baby. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not really communing with the devil. Here's the thing I've is tried. that your um, messaging is so subtle, you know? Say more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're joking. That was a facetious comment. Sorry. Yuck, 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 yuck. I'm Canadian. Nah. It's hard to tell if we're being serious or we're joking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is, uh, I feel good about that. Um, we're in this group together, by the way. So we'll, we'll um, tease that out a little bit later. But we have oh, yeah. a media group. And the best part of it all is I don't think, I think I'm the least known out of all of them. Like, known to each other like i'm the like oh we don't know quite know what to do with her yet and when i make she's, a the, joke, she's the ringer they're like when i make a joke it's like they don't know like literally someone unmuted themselves and went that is funny last night and i was like yep oh i love our little group but yeah i, I mean like i think by because we're what are we doing launching in april or something like that what for the media group or for us the media group in the april media group is april mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah, we also need to, anyways, let me not talk business on the air. Anyways, but it's going to be a collection of all your favorite podcasters who you know, including, but not limited to, the Dirty Rotten Church Kids, White Homework yes. with Tori Glass, um, Exvangelical and Powers and Principalities with Blake Chastain, um, A People's Theology with Mason Manhung. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Oh my gosh, I don't either. I was going to ask you later. Mason Manhung. Well, when you come on the show, Mason, you can tell us your last name. Tell us Wait, how to do it. Tell me, tell me my new last name. You know, <laughs> say my name, say my name. Okay. Oof. What's do you know the next line? 
No. Oh, well, maybe <laughs> I think I do, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Well, what are you going to say? Let's just see it. No shame here. Say my name. Say my name. No. <laughs> now I don't remember. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. Do you know it? No. Say my name. Say my name. When no one is around you, say, baby, I love you if you ain't you playing games. Oh, I thought I was playing games. Damn it. Girl, you'll get you'll get it. I'm, I'm praying I, this for This is you. like That's- literally when we're doing the silent disco. Now take your earphones off and this is what you'll hear me do. Say my name. Say my name. Games. <laughs> praying for you. Lord, can we just all like... Just everybody lift up, lift up Sarah Heath to y'all. Lift up Sarah Heath to Jesus because she need it. Anyways, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break, refill our beverages and get into mental health. Part two, electric boogaloo. talking mental health though mental health who wants it who's got it who is thinking about it i'm thinking about it a lot if we're honest um do you want to start with yeah you have the key one that i think is really important and kind of launches off from the last um episode which is um the question is my the person wrote um person's name is katie uh and they said my antidepressants have helped me a lot but I've gained weight and now I hate my body. So mm. my mental health is struggling because um, I, I know that the drugs have been good. The medications have been good for my, for my mental health, but my body has gained weight and I feel mm-hmm. so it's like, I'm afraid to get off the medication to lose the weight, but I'm afraid to stay on the medication and continue to be in this body that feels foreign to me. Mm. Um, I want to say first and foremost, before we get into this, that Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. And so even though our advice is from our perspective and is as informed and pastoral and trauma informed as can be, uh, it does not replace actual care from a mental health professional. So please seek the advice of a medical professional for anything regarding your own. You know, so interesting. I was just thinking like, just like your aunts. But then I thought, and I thought, wait, my aunts are nurses and my dad's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if your aunt's ask a nurse, aunt, follow yeah. their advice. Yeah. Ask your other aunt, the one who's a nurse. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is if a medication is not doing well for you holistically mm-hmm. overall, there might be another medication out there that is. Um, and so I think at first it can be scary. Yes, getting on a medication is really hard because at least for me, the first, I don't think I really leveled off on my first medication for probably like a solid month and a half to really get my brain chemistry and everything leveled out. Um, And then about nine months later, I added Zoloft. Um, So it's like, you know, I kind of hit the jackpot. Like it just kind of just worked for me the first time. I'm very lucky in that. But some people like they need to try different medications. Did you they need to try different with com- any of yours. I didn't, but I know people who have like most of my a lot of people who I have I've seen that. But then it's just like if you are gaining weight on a certain one, possibly talk to your doctor saying, "Hey, I'm having this reaction to it or this feeling." I'm like, "What are my options? What are things we can do?" And granted, like you know, if your psychiatrist says you diet and exercise, you like tell them that you're a fucking asshole and stupid, and that's obviously not the problem. <laughs> I think the um, hard part is so, something that we have to admit is that people who are asking for medication for depression, often it's really hard to be your own advocate, right? Um, because mm-hmm. you're you're in such a place of like, I need help and it takes all my energy just to get one, di- like one doctor to talk to me. But just keep mm-hmm. understanding that this isn't forever. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you'll be on medication forever, but this isn't forever. This This feeling of like, I can't do this. If you can at all have a community of people that you talk to about medication or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. that's going to be key. Um, hear from other people. Because um, I, I understand, like, 
like as someone who has struggled with body um, issues mm -hmm. for a long time, I think uh, as much as it is important for you to feel mental health, it also is important for us to recognize that if we don't feel like our bodies are our own and that we're comfortable in our bodies, mm -hmm. that's okay to say. And I, and because of that, I need to look for a different form of medication because truthfully mm -hmm. the doctor may say, Oh, that's interesting. This is a serotonin reuptake that's working for you. What's a serotonin reuptake that doesn't have eating or mm -hmm. weight gain as a, um, possible mm -hmm. side effect yeah and a lot of times because your brain chemistry is changing like obviously the way your body like your body will change as a result mm -hmm. of it and <clears throat> you know in as much as possible love your body for what it is and all it will become and recognize that like you said nothing is permanent so i would say go talk to your doctor like you know and like change it up Figure out what you need to do. And uh, and that's like you said, it's really hard for people to be their own advocate. And as an Enneagram 8, I'm saying tough titties. You need to be your so own here, advocate. No one else is going to do it for you. Here's the truth. <laughs> we, have to, we have to demand our time with our uh, medical providers, right? We yes. have to. And, it, and, it, and it's horrible. And I wish it wasn't that way. And my father, who is a physician, uh, hates this, that this is true. But we have got to be the ones who are saying, this is the what I, the experience I'm having. They can't guess. You have to be honest. And it's really mm -hmm. hard, um, particularly for those of us who are um, who come from uh, like feel and express our, and live our lives within a feminine, um, you know, understanding of our body. Oftentimes we don't talk about how we feel about our bodies because our we've been so disconnected mm -hmm. from that to say to your doctor, I appreciate that this is doing this, but here's what it's doing to my body and, um, and therefore to me, because I am not separate from my body. Um, it's a holistic yeah. thing. It's like what you said. Say yes. And be honest, because that means the drug isn't working. Yeah. It needs to be working in a holistic right. manner. Because again, like, you know, if the boat is, you know, you patch one hole and then it puts an, a whole, another hole breaks out, you don't just ignore the other hole in your hull. Yep. Yes. Also, here's another thing I'm going to say. I am not a medical professional. I've um, I've been around a lot of medical professionals my whole life. Do not stop your medication on your own. Yo, that is a that's tried and true across um, the board. Because a lot of mental health medication is a loading situation. So you will mm -hmm. go. Um, you could actually have psychosis caused just by the speed at which you cut yourself off. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to know it's happening. Yeah, you will have a really hard. Yeah. It can be a really, really harsh reaction to, it's like, okay, my brain's been used for these 30 days. My brain has been used to having bupropion in it. Then, you know, this Wellbutrin helping keep me awake and happy and energized. And if it doesn't have that, it just drops off the edge. You feel you drop into the depths of Sheol all of a sudden. I right. don't know why. Like I was working with one of my clients one time and I'm just like, I said, Hey, are you taking your medication? And she's like, no, I haven't taken it for two weeks. And I was just like, what? I've not like, I was like, I felt like I was like, I had like one of those Tyra Banks moments where I was like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. What are you doing? <laughs> but it was really like, just like, I hate that, that is really, I it was just like, talking about. That's because it's one of the most iconic <laughs> moments in all of television. All a a moment of pure mental unhealth. A picture of mental unhealth on display <laughs> in Tyra Banks. But it's just like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Is still <laughs> one of my favorite lines in all of television history. Um, but like, it's that, that's the thing. It's just like, oh, it sucks. And like, there's no shame in like, you know, like if you happen to like fall off for whatever reason, because your depression is wild and lied to you. It doesn't matter. Just get back with your mental health professional. Get back on the wagon. Get back on trying because, oh my God, it's just, I, it, uh, there's this weird stigma around medication too sometimes where it's just like, I, I don't want to be on medication for the I rest of it. my life. And I'm over here like, I mean, I get it, but I'm also like, I hear the voice of my mom who ironically, she's like 62 years old. You know, she grew up in the generation that doesn't believe in therapy, but she'll absolutely pop a Prozac. So she's like, 
why wouldn't you take something that would be a benefit to you? Why wouldn't you want to give yourself every advantage? And that's really how I see it. Like, because mental um, medication, using medication to manage your mental health does not fix your mental health problem, but it does get you to like a level playing field so you can start dealing with your actual shit like a normal person, quote unquote normal. Like a, you know, neurotypical, like a neurotypical individual. Yeah. So, uh, Katie, uh, you're just going to have to keep following up with your doctor. And um, I would advise, this is my advice, I would advise don't jump off those medications and find a, a group of friends who you can say, here's what I'm struggling with, so they'll mm-hmm. check in with you. Because it's sometimes we have to be mm-hmm. reminded to be our own advocate. It's really hard to do. Yeah, especially around body stuff. You are, you're not the first person to deal with it. Do not struggle alone. For God's sake, it's, there's no reason to. You know, reach out to your friends. And if you don't got friends, get on Twitter and find some friends. Yes. <laughs> Who you've never, my friend posted the other day, Twitter is weird because I have a bunch of friends who I've never seen their legs. <laughs> Say, I'm so sorry. You you cut out a little bit just since. My friend on Twitter said, Twitter is weird because I have a bunch of friends and I've never seen their legs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, most like I think I'm thinking through like the roster of humans that are like I think are like my closest cronies on Twitter. I've actually met most of them in real life at this point. Yeah. In the beginning of my Twitter sphere connections. Mason is writing so hard for my inability to tweet. I'll tweet one thing and he's like, oh, looks like my guilting you into tweeting is (laughs) working. You really do need to. I don't understand why it's so fun. The conversations are happening. And also, like, I mean, honest to goodness, if you want to get notoriety, talk about talk about bullshit. I mean, I, Cost some drama. Me? Light a cigarette and throw it on a kerosene fire. I feel like we're writing a song right now. Okay, what's the question? Two ADHD ants trying right, to answer next- your questions. <laughs> I like this sitcom. Ah, okay. So this is good. Um, this kind of comes up with um oh. Do you uh, like actually? This actually would be really good. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome as a pastor because of your mental health issues? Every day, not really. Actually, here's the antidote to imposter syndrome because I think imposter syndrome is in bed with shame, right? One hundred percent. They are slutty belt bedfellows, and they're just pulling you in for a threesome that's not going to be fun. <laughs> so I would say that. When I'm feeling imposter syndrome, if I get honest, it mm. starts to dissipate. In fact, when you when you say get honest, like if mean? I'm leading a group now, I for me, oftentimes I'll feel imposter syndrome when I'm in a situation where um, I might be the only female in the room and I'm leading a group or whatever it might be. And if I either get honest with myself or if it is a space where I can say, guys, I am bringing in a lot of uh nervousness around sharing this stuff with you because we're all pastors and we've all gone through this and so what makes me special and then say well what makes me special is and almost say it um i've been able to step away from my imposter syndrome the fact that uh and i'm going to speak for us and you can correct me the fact that kevin and i can talk about mental our own mental health has made Mm -hmm. it less i feel like the moment you can name something it loses its power Say my name. Yeah, my name has two sides. Exactly. That is the name of this episode to <laughs> say my name. But also, name, name the, the shame, shame. Name the shame. <laughs> That's the whitest shit I've ever done. I hate myself. <laughs> Beyonce, I'm sorry. Um, but really, like, I think that's it right there is like there most of the things that we think are embarrassing are not actually embarrassing. Most of the things that we think are shameful are only shameful because somebody told us they were shameful. And so it's like, why don't I just like, I don't know, get over it. Because like, if I know there's nothing to be ashamed of, why do I feel shame? Not sure. But do I want to let it go? Yes. So sometimes even for me, like the imposter syndrome is, uh, I just don't pay attention to it anymore because it's like, for me, it's like, that's not even, that's not a valid thought. Like, I don't even afford it. Like, that is something that is based in my fear. And I'm like, 
yeah, sure, I can feel it, but just like I don't give it any attention. It's like, oh, yeah, well, of course I'd feel that way. I live in a world that's social media soaked, where everybody like kind of like is uh, cynical because it's trendy. Uh, even myself, like I mean, I'm raising my own hand here. You know, of course I feel a little weird sometimes. Who doesn't? It's like I need to stop feeling like I am so such an individual alone in that and recognize how very normal it is to feel insecure. But something, of course, in Miracles would say is like, if you feel insecure about something, uh, <laughs> this is me, this Course in Miracles talk is like, it just means that you have forgotten who, what, and where you mm. are. Forgotten who you are. So all you have to do is remember, I am the beloved. I am a child of God. I'm a badass bitch in a fake ass world. Well, yes. Um, I think it's also key to to say that it's it's absolutely normal to feel an imposter syndrome it's absolutely normal to say hey i've got mental health stuff um and i think all of it it's all about like getting like i said get honest with yourself and get honest with others don't um there's a difference between that and being um a histrionic personality that needs everyone to notice that you're struggling mentally all the time mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of knowing being around people that will call you on your things like it's all about um as big as you might grow you have to have a group of people and don't use the word tribe but a group of people who um come on can we just say that again stop using the word find your tribe no you like I've unless you come from a people who has a tribe and you're talking about your ethnic heritage right uh, or your or your historical family lineage? Mm -hmm. No. Right. So here's what I'll say: find find your, find people, your people that will call you on it, and and that will stop you because you'll say, "I'm feeling imposter syndrome." Have they reacted? No, I'm good. And not that you always need other people mm -hmm. or outside sources, but it is helpful and it is absolutely life changing. But yes, I don't feel a sense of imposter syndrome because I don't allow myself to be anything other than me. And the minute I do, that's when I know I'm in a weird place that I need to figure out. Yeah. Come back to yourself. Yeah. Mm, I like mm. that. Um, yeah. Do you have another one? Because I realize I have another one, but I forgot what it was. Oh, I have plenty. I've got a whole a whole okay, bunch of them go. here. Um, I think we talked a little bit about this last time. Um. But it's a, it's like the question of like best way to find a therapist. If there's like, did we answer the thing about like low, like, like if I don't have any money, how do I get into therapy? Uh, we didn't answer if I don't have any money. Oh, sweet. It's just like, if I have low income or no income, how can I find mental help? Um, there are, it really, you just need to do your research. And this means that it's going to take a little bit of effort on the front end, which is not always great. Not always fun to do the effort, but it's out there. Um, a lot of counselors and counseling groups have like group counseling that's like a little bit, a lot a bit cheaper because you're doing it within a group. Um, I would say, I th honestly, um, <clears throat> just look it up, like ask around. Somebody has like a lot of therapists have sliding scales. Um, and also if you are doing something like BetterHelp or uh talk space therapy, a lot of um, insurances are being accepted in those areas. So you have insurance, you can check in on talk space therapy or better help. Um, and also like those digital like helps through the, like through these services, like better help and, and also non-spawn. But if you're out there and you want to sponsor us, please, please do. We'll I take will take it. that. Yeah, absolutely. Pay my bills, mama. Mm. Um, but it's one of those things where I know people who have personally benefited. Like I have been, uh, meeting with my therapist digitally over the phone for the past year since COVID set in, it is just as good. And also, according to the scientific data around how people interact through social media, the, our brains really can't tell the difference between a physical space and a digital mm. space. And they can't tell the difference between like, you know, the, the level, like the way that people rated their quality of communication via text message versus video conferencing versus phone calls versus emails versus in person. Of course, in person scored the highest in level of quality, but everything else scored really, really high as well. Not much lower than in person. That's so it's like know. the quality of, 
yeah, the quality of communication that we have is still good. We have to get past this lie that says that social media or online spaces aren't real spaces. Because again, your brain doesn't know the difference. That, Which is also the reason why like in digital spaces, we can become traumatized. Because again, our brain doesn't know the yeah, difference. Yeah, oh, actually, that's a great statement. Guys, I think oftentimes we think, oh, I can't feel that because it, it came from a digital experience. But it, you can. Oh, my God. And that's the thing. That's why, like, I don't watch um, anytime there is a video of police violence. I can't bring I watched a couple of like the really early ones. You know, I watched what happened to George Floyd and the whole world. What happened? Watched what happened to George Floyd. And the thing is, that means all of us saw somebody get mm -hmm. killed. Yep. That really that was not mm -hmm. a movie. That was not a video game. That wasn't a vi like, you know, some sort of like dramatic that was a real mm -hmm. person and I, I think that some of us think that we didn't see that you know and we just we don't know what to do because our body you know we're not trained to grieve we're not trained to do these things so it's like we got to really understand that like we are constantly bombarded by violence all the time in our psyche and because of that we really have to do a good job of taking care of that space in our brain um Anyways, let me not get on a tangent. Um, do you, that's a that's what I was thinking. You got a, another. You have another cue. Someone said, cue for the "This is a." It kind of jumps off from the one we have with imposter syndrome. Why do you think the person Donna says? Um, why do you think people who are pastors aren't honest about their own um, their own mental health? Why are pastors not? Oh. I mean, do you want to begin or do you want me to begin? Because <laughs> I think we both have a good answer. Um, why don't you begin? <laughs> I think pastors are not um, honest about their mental health because a lot of times, depending on the environment, your job depends on it. Like a lot of church communities, um, again, I'll speak from the evangelical context, which I come from, is that churches do not give pastors spaces to be actual humans uh, to struggle or to be imperfect. It's like, you got to project this picture of strength. You are the pillar of your community. You are God in some yeah. ways, you know, you are like, a, you become like this picture perfect thing that everyone else should aspire to. I think of like mega church pastors, like Stephen Furtick, who is like smoking hot dude with a smoking hot wife who lives in a fucking giant ass mansion. First of all, also Stephen Furtick, I think is secretly gay. Dead Wait, is he ass. the one with the cotton candy hair? No, he's got um, kind of like jet black hair. It's always been doing something. Mm -hmm. he's, all, he's like very Excuse fashion me while I forward. This. Excuse me while I Google this. Who is cotton? Oh, no, no, no. That's Sean Foyt or Sean Foyt. Oh, okay. So, Who is, and it's not cotton candy hair. Is he has ramen noodle, <laughs> ramen noodle hair. hair. So say this guy's name again. Stephen. Sean Foyt. Or, or Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick, uh, with a Stephen with a V, Furtick, F-U-R-T-I. Oh, yeah, he is pretty. Okay. He's fine as fuck. I feel bad being attracted to him because he's the enemy, you know? I mean, oftentimes we are attracted to the enemy. Mm, the devil that I know. Here's a mental health question for me. Why am I always attracted to horrible men? That could, that's an entire episode <laughs> you and I need to do. Just to do on our own psychoanalyzing yeah, each other? Well, um... You know what we need to do? Maybe we should get a psychologist on here to like oh, talk us. Oh, 100%. Ooh. We'll just. We need to find a relationship coach and get us on here. I feel like Hillary um, would be like, okay, you too. Hillary. Oh, my God. Hillary. We'll see you soon. We need okay. To also, here's the it's thing. It's easy. I think so many pastors aren't honest about mental health because they're not honest about yes, a lot back. of things. Because mm -hmm. we're, not we're, not yes. to, we're not allowed to be. And is that mm -mm. You have is to be that perfect. allowed within ourselves or with outside? Um, mm -hmm. And again, when we put people on a pedestal, we don't allow them to be human. So, yeah, because I honestly, so like this is to be a little bit more um, like current events ish. It was a couple months ago, like the story broke where Carl. Lentz yeah, did we talk about that last week? Was, I thought we did. I don't. I think we talked about it maybe a couple weeks ago, but like it's the same kind of stuff where like. What was it about the environment for Carl Lentz and his world that made him believe that he had to lie about what he wanted right. 
and therefore had to go out. And I'm not saying that condones what he does, but as someone myself who is a former cheater, I cheated on one of my partners one time. Um, the really the question really does become for me, and I'm not what I did was wrong, point blank, period. And also, people don't do things outside of their integrity because they're healthy. Mm. They do things outside of their integrity because there's an unneed, an unmet need that they feel they can't name. Mm. So it's not, it's, it is their fault for not, yes and no. It's like, whose fault is it that they can't name their needs? Who didn't train them? Who didn't, why isn't the environment safe enough? You know, again, it's like, you know, within a marriage context, right? Or like, you know, a cisgender, heterosexual, classic Christian, um, monogamous, what's the word? Complementarian marriage. There is only one way to be. And if you don't fit that, you know, even in the slightest way, if, if like you're, if your veneer cracks, like you, if you're not like the shiny, perfect Christian, you stand to lose everything. It's a very fragile pedestal that these megachurch pastors oh, live yeah. on. As much as and I'm so, and so by them, I'm also, man, what a hard thing to carry around all the time. Yeah, that's where, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm, like, absolutely, like, you're fucking trash because, like, you cheated on your wife. And you also like, tried to tell a woman that you were a sports agent. What? Hmm. Like, and you and you didn't want to tell, first of all, also, like, you know, Toucan Tango, like, homegirl, like, you you figured out who he was and you stuck around anyways? Please. Anyways. Which is fine, you know, do you. Have sex with whoever you want Make to. Make sure just... it's not harming other people. Okay. And that's And that's the thing, so... Wow, that was a good one. So all that to say, like, you know, uh, say what you need to say. I don't even remember what the original question was. Donna asked why Sorry. pastors don't tell people about their Oh, own. pastors don't tell them. Because the environment doesn't allow them to. Right. And whether that environment's real or perceived. Right. Yeah, because it doesn't really. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter because your perception is your reality. And until you line up your perception with, with actual reality, you will continue to be deluded. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Also, where was um, his accountability you got another question? I feel like, don't all of those pastors have an accountability right? buddy? I thought that was like part of the, yeah. the brand. Yeah. How did, how did I like have an accountability partner when I was in college and should have been having like a ton of sex, but texting my accountability buddy every single time I got like even tempted to like touch my dick, <laughs> you know, heaven forbid I go in the shower and get aroused just by washing myself. Cause I didn't give myself any self love. Ugh. Oh. Hard life. No pun intended. Gosh, I can't imagine Every now and then, I think just to be a boy would be odd because you just walk around and that thing is hanging off of you. I would just giggle. I, you know, I could not walk around without giggling if I had one of those. If you had a, if you oh, had a I'd dick. Be so, I would well, be so. Oh, my God. Sarah, you know what I want to do? This, this is what I want to do thing. when we go on What's the road. That? No, no, no. This is, this is totally fine. I, wanna, I want you to. So this is something that um, trans men sometimes do and also just like non-binary folks. I actually have like a lesbian friend who will take uh, their like prosthetic penis and just wear it out in public. So just like having like a huge dick <laughs> in their pants. I'm talking like my friend Reinhardt, who is like very, very pretty, comes out, you know, like, be- like she's got, like she's a woman, she has breasts and she also sometimes goes out and likes to pack because it like makes her feel powerful. And I'm like, Sarah Heath, what if she went out packing? That would <laughs> Well, I mean, also, we would have to go to, like, a gay club or something because that would not attract the kind of person you want to attract, actually. So this might be counterproductive now that I think about it. Yeah, I'm definitely, as 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 much as I'd like to be hip and cool, I'm definitely heterosexual. I mean, I don't think it has anything about being hip and cool. I think it's about experiencing power, or at least the illusion of it. There you go. It. All right, do you have a question, a mental health question, while I laugh about my... Me walking around with one of those. Because that, even the idea. With one of what, Sarah? With Say a, it. With a male penis. With a male penis. <laughs> with a dildo. With a fucking cock. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, here we go. Any methods. Um, this is from friend on Instagram, gloom.and.gleam. Um, any methods for dealing with consistent low-grade depression? I can forgive myself and work through the tougher, uh, but sometimes I have to stay in bed for periods. 
but the lingering where it takes the edge off my ability to fully live, that seems to be harder to deal with and more weary on my soul. Hmm. So basically any, any tips for dealing with low grade depression? Well, first of all, if you're staying in bed, I don't know if that's low grade depression, no, honey. It's not. That's like, that sounds like, um, as somebody who stayed in bed for a long time because of depression, uh, that's, Classic depression, actually. Right. I think uh, what I remember from back in the day when I was studying this stuff, um, anything that inhibits your life, like your day-to-day. So um, Mm -hmm. not being able to get out of bed is inhibiting your day-to-day. So that is less than low-grade. Low-grade would be – they actually say – I just read a bunch of stuff because I'm a massive nerd, but um, and I was doing a – sermon on something that had to do with mental health and I went down a mental health rabbit hole where I was just reading a ton of stuff. Anything that lasts longer than a couple of weeks. So situational depression would be completely normal. Um, Now, remind you, this is pre-COVID. So COVID, the DSM, um, which is a diagnostic tool, they're going to have to reevaluate and relook at, right? Because we're experiencing a different kind of ongoing mental health crisis. But Mm-hmm. As, a as a collective society. Right. Um, but what nor- what what kind of falls within the normal scale of what they call like a situational depression. So um, w- it only lasts a couple of weeks. So boyfriend breaks up with you, girlfriend breaks up with you, uh, job change, whatever it might be. It really can only last a couple of weeks for it to be considered a situational depression Mm -hmm. because if you bounce back and like you're getting back to your normal life and you're feeling better and it's like yeah that was like yeah i was really really blue for a while i like calling like those kinds of things i got the blues blues. um and so i think if you're saying and this is me reading through excuse by the way my amazon driver apparently is what the fuck amazon you're like ruining a podcast and you're ruining the economy and you're ruining small businesses too and i say that as somebody who is an amazon prime <laughs> person so tax jeff bezos tax jeff. sorry i uh, um but i would say that you have to evaluate how long is this lasting how much is it affecting my life mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. hearing an underlying as i listen to what you read i'm hearing that this is not just a I've had something traumatic happen or difficult. This is a, this is a regular almost pattern. Um, I don't know the gender of the person. Um, but I will say if you're female, uh, and, and by that, I mean, uh, uh, there is a lot of research being done right now about the cyclical nature of like, so if you're, if you're noticing like a couple days a week or a couple days a month that you feel like you need to be in bed, that could be a sign of like polycystic stuff. There's all kinds. So you really, you know, the idea of depression, you, again, Mm -hmm. we will say it, we will say it, we will say, talk to a medical professional. Um, Go see a therapist. And well, not just a therapist, because I've got to tell you, um, therapists are great. Do not get me wrong. But uh, psychiatrists or people, so therapists mm-hmm. are counselors and they're great. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But when we're having the kind of thing where we're staying in bed all the time, a medically mm-hmm. trained, now both of them have blind spots and both of them will tell you they have blind spots. Sometimes the, that's why you need a, you need team, a team if yes. you can get it. So, and if you're having, if you're having the sensation that you're not being listened to, again, be your own advocate and fight for it. Don't feel shame mm-hmm. about, Hey, this is feeling a little bit more, um, low grade depression. It honestly can be a vitamin. If you're feeling a little bit sad all the time, it could be your magnesium is off. It is that our bodies are, we're BMWs. Like one little thing goes off and our whole system mm-hmm. is off and that's okay. Um, it's just an awareness that we have been in many ways taught that our body is mm-hmm. not um, holistic and we have to think about it holistically. So I would invite you to get right. a team of folks and start saying, Hey, here's a thing I've noticed. Um, do I need to exercise my body more? Um, sometimes I'll call Kevin and Kevin will say, have you moved your body today? Knowing that as someone who loves to work out, sometimes I actually mm-hmm. feel what can it, what can in my mind feel almost like a depression when it's just that I haven't worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that 
Maybe it is depression. Maybe you are feeling a sadness Mm -hmm. in your body because that's where your emotions are experienced anyways. And so for me, like end of all of the podcasts on a tiny revolution, I say until next time, take your meds, drink some water, call your therapist, move your body in a way that feels good, eat something delicious, take a nap, and then whatever else I feel at the moment. But really, like those are like, that's the self-care checklist. And if you are doing all of those things and you still feel like shit, go, maybe you should go see somebody. Or if you're unable to get to that point where you can't even take off those five mm-hmm. things, you see know, somebody. maybe you, yeah. And the thing about it is, there's no fucking shame about it. Like if you made it through 2020 and you're not depressed, I am impressed with you. Like, what is your secret? Are you a Zen master or are you, what drugs are you taking? That's what I want to know. But also I'm also taking some drugs, so it's fine. Anyways. Uh, you have another one. The other thing oh, I would ahead. say, um, uh, no, I was just going to say like, for me, like it also like, say like you're someone who doesn't have access to healthcare or medication or like, you are the kind of person who knows that if you just employed a little bit of meditation and a little bit of movement mm-hmm. practice, a mindfulness practice and a movement practice will change your life. So, you know, if just something to think depression. about. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is, like, I'm the person who, like, meditates all the time. I'm still chemically depressed. I'm still, hor- like, horribly depressed sometimes, even though I meditate and do yoga every single fucking day. Uh, so I definitely keep with my medication, but the yoga definitely helps. Uh, meditation and yoga, oh, baby. Um, you got a question, or you want me to? Well, I'm looking at these questions, and they all kind of fit into the same categories. Cool. Well, sum them up. Sum them no, up. No, no, I think we've already. They're nice. all. They all. They're all. Kind a of lot repeat. of mine have to do with what we talked about last week, which is how do we tell other people to get mental health help so listen to last week's episode Mm. if that is if you you feel like we didn't answer that question well ask it in a different way but i think we talked enough about like how do you yeah because really and at the end of the day like um yeah all of my stuff is kind of the same thing oh there is one here that's interesting it says do uh this is on this is a quick one i think we can probably answer well this is a quick one i can answer i don't know if you can answer. oh god you're making (laughs) it says from no, from Tucker Cass, it says, "Do edibles help or hurt?" Oh yeah, there you health? go. You Meaning, can answer that. I can't. <laughs> um, using um, edibles being um, d- confectionery treats or non-smokable THC infused mm. items, aka the thing that's in weed that gives you the feeling of being high. Um, do edibles help with mental health? Uh, again, I'm not a medical trained professional. I am somebody who is a cannabis enthusiast and user myself. A cannabis enthusiast. I love it. Sorry. Cannabis, enthu- cannabis enthusiast and informed consumer. Um, here's the thing is that like, there's still like, if you want, if you're looking for like research on it, like a lot of the research around the uses of THC, CBD, and any other like drug that was deemed illegal by the war on drugs doesn't have a lot of substantial evidence behind it because the FDA has blocked its actual research for medicinal purposes. And comma, however, colloquial knowledge, knowledge of people who actually just use cannabis products um, as a supplement to mental health. I'll say this, like I'm somebody who honestly smoke a lot of weed. Won't lie, guys. It's one of those things where like I'm also somebody who like I have chronic pain in certain parts of my body because of arthritis and rather than pumping my body full of another drug, I have this, or like a synthetic drug, I'm using this thing that comes from the earth that helps with inflammation, that helps with managing my pain. Uh, honestly, it also helps with my mood. So like, I'm not addicted to people. <laughs> now, um, now, granted, like I will also like admit, like I'm probably somebody who presently in COVID times, it's probably smoking a little too much weed, but at the same time, it's like either that or drinking alcohol. And one of these things is not ending me up with a destructive behavior. So am I smoking too much? I think that's a self-judgment for myself. But to answer the original question, do edibles help or hurt? Only you can answer that. Um, so because there haven't like, been it's, studies on like uh, brain structure or anything like that. By the way, the reason why we said I can't answer that question is I just don't. Well, I'll tell my little edible story in a minute. Um, now that I'm... My little edible um, story. But I... I don't, I'm not a regular, uh, edible user partaker, but I would, 
Interesting to know what it does with our serotonin reuptake or our um, like mm. our how our neurons fire yeah. and things like that. You know what? It's time yeah. to have Mike McCarg on here. To have a conversation about weeds? Well, just about like how our neuroscience reacts. <gasps> yeah. Let's also get Dr. Jerome oh, too. Dr. Dr. Jerome would be. talk about that. Oh, y'all, we're going to have some more mental health episodes with some people who know a lot more shit than we do. I mean, we're cute and fun, but we actually, the reason we know a lot of the stuff that we know is God. Because of our friends. Because of some really good friends. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think that's a good like little like pin to put it in. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for everybody who sent in their questions about this. We'll put up some more questions for next week. Um, be following both me and Sarah on Instagram because that's where we post the questions. And by the time the show launches, we're going to have all of our social media up, which you can follow us at ask your aunties podcast across most social media, ask your aunties, uh, podcast at gmail.com, ask your aunties podcast.com. And, uh, Hey, yeah. Follow, follow us. Yeah. We would love it. And, uh, let us know what your best and worst advice you've heard around mental health is. We'd love to hear that. Oh my gosh. You know what we need to do is like eventually we, oh, like we'll get li- listener letters from the audience to like answer back. That could be fun. I well, don't know. It's, a, it's uh, a work in progress, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. In the comments to the show, wherever you're seeing this, just tell us what your best and worst mental health advice ever was. Just because sometimes it's uh, horrifying and sometimes funny to laugh at. You know what I'm saying? You know what? This might be the only reason I would log on to Facebook is if we had a Facebook group for Ask Your Aunties because I want to hear all this. <gasps> Ooh, this would be interesting. Listen, stay tuned, everyone. You never know what could yeah, happen. Right. A little fan page, a little, little Discord back. channel. Back, so there is. <gasps> oh my gosh. Listen, Sarah Heath, can you please tell the people about A, where they can find okay. you on the internet and all of your upcoming promos and fun shit you're I'm getting? Really glad ready you for. asked. Um, so also, are you really glad I'm asked? You say that. That is your Am I really? Oh, answer. you broke you know up, this? would you say? What'd you ask? You so you, anytime I say that, you say, uh, I'm glad you asked. I'm just like, are you glad? Or is that just your pageant answer? Oh God, I are you glad? Oh wait. Do you notice you do that? Yes. Maybe it is my uh, <laughs> answer. Um, I'm so glad you asked. Which that. helps like, me like articulate the question in Did my you? head and then figure out how I'm going to answer. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know that because for me, like, I see that I'm just like, you don't know. Like, I don't know for some reason. It's just like, why are you? No, well, I think it's for me because like I automatically know what I want to say, and maybe that's not true for everybody. That's what I'm seeing. And you need a second need- to reflect. I would rather. Yeah, I I guess like if I don't know, I just will be quiet. Um, I actually say I'm glad you asked because I am a female who has ADHD. And so, yes, I immediately know what I want to say. But I have learned coping skills that allow me to stop and pause because the like running my answer over your answer is not something I've been socialized to do. Mm, interesting. <laughs> um, anyway, you can find me at Rev <laughs> in most places. And then uh, what Kevin was alluding to is that I have a podcast called Making Spaces, which is super fun, which I do with my friend Josie. Um, we're going to be part of the network that we were just sort of talking about a little bit teasing you with. Um, but also uh, years ago, two years ago, I was uh, I had a, my own podcast called Sonderless the Podcast. Uh, it did quite well, uh, where I had 52 weeks to figure out how to do my life. And um, as you heard at the top of the show, I'm changing my life up. And part of that is because of um, some things in work that was begun in the first um, season of that show. And my friends who I love and adore have been asking that I do that. that I, I return to the work of Sonderlust. And when I had so much grief in my body about leaving my um, current position, because my church is so great. If you're looking for a great church, that is it. Um, but I uh, my dear friend said to me, Sarah, I think about midway through Sonderlust, you stopped really pushing yourself. So it was 52 weeks challenge and, um, I did it. I loved it. And then I, a lot of the stuff I, I had to sort of, again, because of my position and how life was at the time, I kind of boxed that up. And so we are starting to record Sonderlust, the podcast again. And so it will be back out. Um, and I think it'll probably start around May. Um, and then, yeah. 
And if you haven't listened to Sandra season one, you can go binge the whole thing. It's available Just so right you know, now. I can't return to things I've done before, but I like looked it up yesterday after you and I talked about it because you were also a human who suggested that I Sandra the hell out of this. Um, it has a lot of comments and people really liked the show. Because it's good content, Sarah B. Thank Anthony. You, my love. All right, Kevin, where can folks find you? Hmm. You can find me on the internet. What? You can find me on the internet at the Kevin Garcia across most social media. TheKevinGarcia.com is my website. My book is called Bad Theology Kills. Go buy it. Um, if you want to hire me to read your tarot cards or direct your life spiritually, you can learn more about my coaching and all that shit on my website, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Um, I th- do you have anything else? Words of wisdom, We're, thoughts, you know feelings. What? Um, I don't. That I can. Think of. It's I beautiful. Mean, you know, it's raining in California. I'm confused, and my hair has just been growing this entire time we've been talking. You mean, oh, not fizz, like growing outward in frizz. I'm just like, what do you, I mean, technically, yeah, I think like your hair never technically stops growing. No. The constant, like. We should like, just let people go. And this I, is hard for them. This is what we, you and I do for hours together. This is, I, you are the only other person who I'll do the Southern goodbye <laughs> with, where I'm just like, all right, I'll see you later. And then like, I put on my coat and then I talk to you in the front, on the front porch, smoking a cigarette for five That's minutes. Up. And then I get in my car and you're still talking to me for another five minutes. And I pull out to the edge of the and driveway. Still talking. Still talking. And then I, I leave and then I call you on the this phone. This is us. As I'm driving home. Yeah. All fine. right. Uh, this has been fun. Um, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Favorite Ants. If you want to send your questions, shoot us an email uh, to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. All submissions will remain anonymous unless you want us to drag somebody in public for you, in which case, I mean, like, spill the tea. <laughs> so send us your questions on relationships, spirituality, politics, deconstruction, etc., etc., all the things. And you can follow me across social media at Rev Sarah Heath. You can follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. My website's thekevingarcia.com. Mine's revsarahheath.com. And this has been a podcast that's a part of the Irreverent Media Group. So follow them and all of our great stuff at irreverent.fm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Make good good choices. I love you. Thanks so much. I'll see you you. later. Bye. We're so proud of you. Oh, you're so beautiful.